Tightening fingers, I feel, I feel quite normal. <laughs> That's because you're all crazy, you know. You, you make me look conservative. <laughs> oh, now I do have a word for you tonight, Alan. Yeah, and I must ask the Lord give me freedom to, you know, speak it into you. Because I, I believe that a principle with God is that it's spoken. Come on. And the spirit then hovers on it and on, creates, and it's important that it's spoken. So sometime tonight, hopefully, <laughs> Lord willing, <laughs> we don't hit too much turbulence, and <laughs> we can <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> land it right on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to recommend a couple of books. Uh, one I don't have with me. I always sell out of this one when I take it, but. My kids have been a real blessing because they keep you relevant, uh, you know, by saying, you know, you ought to read this, you ought to read that. And Debbie, uh, my middle, got four children. Debbie's the middle one. And um, she said, Dad, there's a, there's a book going on Amazon. Oh, I got a little bit of an echo on this. Okay, okay. Uh, there's a book going on Amazon and it's free at the moment, but you know how they do it for 24 hours and then, uh, you know, to get the nu uh, numbers up and stuff. So I downloaded it, and I've got to be honest, I don't read a lot of books. You know, it, it takes all your time just to read the Bible and, you know, to get into the Word, so I, I, it's got to be something that grabs me, and uh, the book was called um, How to See in the Spirit by Michael Blyman, V-L-Y, I think it's M-E-N or M-A-N, it's a Dutch name, it's a guy from Indiana, and I couldn't put the book down, you know, have you ever had one of those books where you, yeah. you just, it just consumes you, <coughs> but to understand, uh, you know, the title itself, you know, How to See in the Spirit, and I was going through one of those periods where I was a little bit cheesed, you use the word cheesed off, don't you, I can yeah. use that word yeah. here, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, in America they don't understand that cheesed off, you know, but um, I was a little bit, well, if cheesed off is the right word, if you understand that traveling, you see a lot of stuff, and there was an awful lot of emphasis on signs and wonders, but very little emphasis on the word. You, you, you know, people were seeking the experience more than, you know, getting in, you know, a love for God and getting into the Word and the signs and wonders following. Yeah. So I was, you know, the title itself, How to See in the Spirit, would, if you were in that condition, would put you off, you know, because it's a sort of how-to book, you know. But I couldn't put the book down, and what I loved about the book was in the opening chapters, he deals with that. He deals with the importance of being grounded in the Word, that if you're moving in the Spirit realm, you know, the word is what divides, according to Hebrews, between spirit and, uh, is it spirit, a soul and uh, flesh? Soul and soul, soul and Bone and marrow. So it's important to have that grounding. And, you know, unfortunately what we have in present generation is a, a lot of young people have no grounding. But they're seeking, you know, the experience and I understand why, because they're coming out of a dead church that has got no experience and a lot of word which is dead because there's no anointing on it. Yeah. But he explains that, 
without uh, doing away with the signs and wonders, if you know what I mean. It, it, it blends the two together, and it's an excellent book to get. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, the second book, again, I don't have any of these copies. But <laughs> um, this one, uh, I think, has changed my life, really. Uh, changed my prayer life. Um, Elmer L. Towns. Elmer's a guy. Got his picture on the back. It sounds like a woman's name, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's called Praying the Psalms. I was saved because a, a little old lady prayed for me at the age of nine. And even though she's gone on to be with the Lord, her prayers are still living. They're still having an effect, and I can still feel her prayers having an effect. So it's strange when somebody brings you, when somebody uh, births you into the kingdom, a midwife, you know, whoever it is that God uses to bring you to the Lord, there's usually an impartation of something of what they're carrying. And she was an intercessor. And so I've always had a, a hunger, you know, for prayer to, to, to get to know God more. And uh, I'm 60, where am I now? 66. I'm in the mid-60s. The problem with being in the mid-60s is you suddenly wake up and realize you don't have the years left to waste. You know what I mean? You don't want to go round the mountain another time. You really want to make your remaining years count. And I was looking in my book, in, in my office on my bookshelf, and I said to Jean, because I'm going digital, if you, if you know me, if those of you understand that, you know, Kindle, because of the traveling, you know, I can't carry all the books I want to carry. So I'm going, I'm going digital, but as you know, anybody that's switched from paper to digital, it takes time to get used to that. So going digital, I was looking at my bookcase, and I said to Jean, I'm never ever going to get to read all these books, <laughs> you know, all the books on the bookshelf. I'm never ever going to get to finish them. But I picked this one up, and when I picked it up, off the shelf. It's been on my shelf for a number of years, and uh, I think I bought it in, in America in one of those half-price stores, you know, where they have a store closes down, and they take all the books, and they sell them, and I got it for a few dollars, and I, I didn't read it. I stuck it on my bookcase, and I'm looking at it, and I pick it up off the bookcase, and I began. It, it's like a journal, really. You start, you do a psalm each day. Some psalms You'll, you'll maybe spend three or four days on. And uh, I began to pray the Psalms, to read the Psalm and then, you know, let God uh, give you the words, to, you know, even n not actually pray what he's actually writing in words, but pray what he's meaning. And you find yourself uh, praying prayers that you would never pray. If, if you understand, you're praying God's Word. And if you're praying God's Word, it, it won't be void. Uh, uh, it's the most powerful thing that you can do in your prayer life is to pray God's words, pray His heart's desire. And just recently I found myself praying, I hate this word revival because I, I haven't really found the right word for it. You know, you know what I mean? I don't want revival of dead religion. You know, we, we, we are a generation that God wants to do something new, something fresh. And really, I want to be a part of what God is doing in the earth that's fresh. You know what I mean? That we're a generation 
that are birthing something, not just uh, regenerating something that's happening in California and then bringing it here and transplanting it. We want something that's original, something that's original for the Northeast, something that's original for the Northwest, something that's original for the UK. We want to be something original. And so, this is, I found this a really big answer. I want to read a psalm to you. Um, I'm trying to find out what his translation is, and this is part of the word for you, Alan. Um, you know, I believe, because you, you as a church are reaching out to the poor, and we read last night about Isaiah 58, and the beautiful thing about Isaiah 58 it's not just the reaching out to the poor, but it's the fruit of what happens when you begin to do that. And I'm not talking about doing it to be seen, because James says, you know, pure religion is to, you know, to visit, uh, is it to visit those in prison and, and, and the fatherless, but, but to do it without, you know, show and glamour, but you're doing it in secret, as it were. And God loves that. He loves that, and in a sense, you, then, you are then lending to the Lord. And anybody lending to the Lord, he is no man's debtor. No man's debtor. And I, I really felt a sense last night, Alan, in Isaiah 58, although we didn't get there, you know. <laughs> we didn't get to that portion about rebuilding the ancient places. And the, the thing that struck me today, walking along the prom, you know, Marcus made us walk that long, that long, that long, that long walk. <laughs> I had to sleep for two hours this afternoon. <laughs> Jean called me and I was in bed. He said, well, you're in bed. I said, yeah, Marcus made me walk. <laughs> and the fresh air, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, God, please don't let me lose this. Don't let me, don't me, let me lose it. Why? 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 Oh, God, help us! Yeah. We're doing all right. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> I know. Uh, um, it, it's that part about building the ancient places yeah. and uh, houses to dwell in. Wow. One of the most wonderful things for me that's come out of the drunkenness is the revelation of God. You know, God opening His Word to me and, and enabling me to believe what I couldn't believe sober. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You, you, you have to get, and let me just, oh, God, I'm rambling, but I've got to ramble. I've got to, I got to ramble. I've got to ramble. Ding, 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 ding. That's a fire engine. <laughs> With gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Oh, God, help us! <laughs> oh. oh, oh, God. Oh, we all live in a yellow submarine. <laughs> a yellow submarine. Okay. Uh, oh, God, I had it all together at the beginning. <laughs> I, I was doing well. <laughs> I was doing well. I have this angel. I have this angel. Well, I have these two angels. 
that follow me around, <laughs> Fred and Alex. <laughs> it's name, his name's Frederick. Uh, Alexander. Alexander's the quiet one. Stands behind me. Hi. Protects, protects. Yeah. And Fred is the mischievous one. <laughs> he likes to go in among the audience and whack them on, you know. <laughs> whack them on the head. <laughs> oh, God, I'm rambling again, please. Please, but you got to understand something. I was so serious. I was so serious. So, to me, angels stood, just stood there doing nothing. And not, not doing nothing, but you know what I mean. They were serious. Angels were serious. And then when I got drunk, I got into this realm and saw that angels love to play. They looked, well, you know, because it must be boring for some of them, you know, <laughs> over, overworked, overworked by some of you with all the problems you've got. <laughs> I bet they're glad when they get you to heaven. <laughs> oh, oh God, please, 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 Lord, please. Please help me, please, please help me. Help me get my feet back on the ground. <laughs> this is your this, this is your this is your doctor this is your doctor speaking do not be alarmed some of the patients have overdosed <laughs> some of them have overdosed on the Holy Ghost <laughs> uh, Oh, I, I've messed up now, Alan. I've messed up, but I will, I'm going to get this. I'm going to really get this, bro. Usually when this stuff happens, when, th when this stuff happens, there's usually something coming down the road, you know. <laughs> there's something heavy coming down the road, and I have to get drunk to say it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read you Psalm 112. Um, Uh, is it 112? <laughs> Let me have a look at my notes. <laughs> oh, God, even the iPad is not behaving. Oh, oh God, help me. Have a look at my notes. Psalm 112. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what translation, I don't know what translation he's using, but I love it. Right, I can't, I can't find what the translation is. I, I looked at the NIV, the message, the New King James, but it doesn't match. Lord, I praise you for blessing me when I fear you, for blessing me when I delight in your word. Now, this is a wonderful promise to us now. And it, it's, you have promised... My children will be influential. You will bless them when they do right. 
you have promised to bless me with wealth and riches. Let me say that again for some of you that uh, have great difficulty in receiving this. <laughs> you have promised to bless me with wealth and riches when I continually live righteously. Righteously is just doing what's right in God's eyes. Yeah, lining up with Him. Yeah. Help me to be up upright as a light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Eh? That's a good one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. That's that angel, he's on my back. <laughs> oh, You know some people get upset. Uh, uh, they get upset when you start acting like this. They don't think it's this, they think it's this, this handy. It's disrespectful. But they don't realize that when the glory comes down, when the presence comes down, in His presence is fullness of Joy. Hello. Joy, not misery. In His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasures. Hello, hello, hello. Pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Actually, John, uh, oh God, we're losing this, eh? Uh, actually, John, John Mark, this refers to you as well. My children will be influential. You will be influential. You don't even have to work for it. It's a favor. It's an inheritance. Help me to be upright. <laughs> As light in darkness, as a light in darkness, and be gracious and compassionate to all. That's what I love about the drunkenness as well, you know, bro. You love everybody. <laughs> you love everybody. As a guy said to me one day in the prayer line, who had caused me so much pain when I was sober. <laughs> uh, it was a heavy shepherding movement, oh. you know. Oh, God, deliver us. <laughs> well, you had to put your hand up to go to the toilet. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And it caused, it caused us so much pain, you know, when our family were young. And uh, we had to move. We had to move from one city to another because our apostle told us we have to move. And then, you know, they expected us to live in a cheapo place, you know. And we said, well, why should we have to do that? You know, I would never do it again, Alan. Never. God is my. Yeah, come on. He is the one I'm accountable yeah. to. Never meant to say that, but I'm saying it. <laughs> He's the one that we're accountable to. You're accountable to God. You can't pass your responsibility on to somebody else. Uh, 
Anyway, this guy was in the prayer line. You know, I just got drunk. <laughs> and uh, I was going down the line, and he was Welsh. Right? So the Welsh like to be poetic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so when I got to him, he said to me, John, are there any shadows between us? Isn't that wonderful? Instead, of, you know, where we would say, have you got anything against me? He said, are there any shadows? And I looked at him and I said, ding dong. I well, I can't say his real name, can I? I can't say his real name. I said his real name, but, but to protect the innocent and the guilty, I, I will give him another name. I said, ding dong. I love everybody. I'm drunk. I love everybody. That's the fruit, really. Really, that's the fruit. Not the manifestation. Well, that's a bit crazy. No, the manifestation is what's the fruit? You know, what's coming out? You know, what's, what are they ding-donging? I said, I love everybody. So let me, Lord, help me graciously to give to the needy. Um, and compassionate to all. A couple of trips back when I was going on a trip somewhere, you know, now I'm addicted to flying, you yeah. uh, We had a 40th, before I went on this trip, we had a 40th something anniversary of all the people when we first got saved. We were saved into this church which was ahead of its time. It was body ministry. And uh, we were all young then, when I was younger, oh, much younger than today. <laughs> um, and we met, and there was a guy there that had got filled with the Spirit and then went to Bible college, and he lost it. You know what I mean? He lost, he became, he became a sesenshuaha. <laughs> a sesenshuaha. Uh, anyway, he didn't believe in the gifts anymore, right? And he'd seen me on YouTube, and he was trying to help me. <laughs> he's trying to help me. <laughs> I don't know why I would want what he's got, because it was, you know. <laughs> why would I want to be helped by somebody who looks miserable? <laughs> well, anyway, he says, I want to send you this ding-dong book. <laughs> He didn't say ding-dong, but he said, I want to send you this book. But I, and I wrote back to him and said, well, I'm going to be away, but Jean's home. You know, she'll read it and digest it and spew out, spit out the bones and give me the meat. You know, that's what Jean's good for. You know, she, she reads everything, the details, you know. So anyway, the book arrived, and it was by an author who I greatly respect and still do, even though we're not believing the same things. His name was... Um, John MacArthur. And the title of the book was, um, was it Strange Fire or something on those lines? And he went through the book, Eugene went through the book, and she said, John, it's like a who's who, you know, in the zoo. <laughs> you know, of, and he went through the book of all the charismatic leaders that it fell. And, and then talk, talked about tongues being gibberish. And, I, and Jean said, at the end of it, because she browsed through it, she didn't read, she just browsed through it, and she said, at the end of it, I just felt I was left with a dead religion. 
with no life in it. But do you know, do you know, Alan, I never, I never, I would have said a few years back, well, I'm not reading his stuff again. But the guy still blesses me with some of the insights that he has. And I've learned to be gracious and accept, you know, I don't mean accept his beliefs on on the gifts and stuff, because some of the stuff he said was true about the leadership in the charismatic, you know, the standards have really come right down. And we go more for anointing, and we say anointing, but there's no character to carry the anointing, right? And I could understand what he was saying, and I could say, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right on this one, yeah, you're right on that one, but the, the main point is this, I'd studied the Scriptures for myself, you know, I got, I got to a place when, when, when in my 50s, when I'm, you know, my, I've had a number of midlife crises. <laughs> <laughs> One guy told me you can live to a, 120. But my observation is, is it, it's not really good to live that long. <laughs> <laughs> Quality of life, you know, fades. But I, so I had, you know, I had, one of the things about being drunk is you've got to get yourself organized. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still not organized, but you know, you sit at your desk sometimes and you say, oh, God help me. God help me. So I tried to get myself organized, and I determined that I was going to read the Bible from cover to cover and ask the Holy Spirit to show me. So I began, you know, a number of years ago to read it on a, you know, eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> In other words, take the Scriptures and do a daily consecutive reading. And don't worry about trying to understand everything. But you, and so I began to do that, and I've done that a number of times. And then I got a quick-read Bible where it, they just darken some of the words, but they reckon scientifically you, you uh, um, not receive more, but you retain more. So I got grounded, and I come, I, I, it didn't worry me about what this fellow said about healing isn't for today, uh, um, prosperity isn't for today, because I'd read the Scriptures, and I'd come, you know, my, my faith is rooted in the Word, not in my experience. It's rooted in the Word, and I come to that place where I couldn't be shaken off it, and I could still embrace this guy and some of his teachings, if it quickened me. You understand? So, Lord, <laughs> help me graciously to give to the needy and guide my life with truth. Then I shall not be shaken. Come on. You see, that, that again is, oh God, we're off the plan, bro. We're off the plan. <laughs> That's half the problem with people in the church, is they've got no personal walk with the Lord. They're living from conference to conference, to one special speaker coming in after another, looking for prophetic words, which are all good, but with the, prophet the prophetic words, <laughs> prophetic words were never meant to replace your personal walk with the Lord. Really, a, a prophetic word should really confirm what God has already spoken to you. Because if it's the other way around, you are in danger 
of going off the rails because you're being influenced by what people say to you and you have no personal walk with the Lord to hear His voice. And the other thing is this. Shing, shing, boing, hey! You see, the other thing is this, that the Lord deals with each of us differently because we're all different. We all have different DNA and we all have different ways of learning. And the Lord knows us. He knows you. He knows me. He knows the best way. And so really, that should be our goal to develop our personal walk with the Lord and we, we get to know Him and to know what He says, right? Because this is our map. This is our compass. You can't set out across the ocean without a map, without a compass. You can't move in the realms of the Spirit without you have a map and a compass because there's two sides to the Spirit realm, dark and light. And you can be deceived if you're not... You, you understand what I'm trying to say? So... Uh, and my righteousness will be remembered forever. Lord, I love this one. I love this one. Let me prophesy this over you, Alan. Let me prophesy a few things over you out of this word, bro. Uh, 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 number one, number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 God bless you with wealth and riches. May, may there never be shing bong ding dong. <laughs> may there never be any need in, in you, if you understand. May your problems be how to spend it. <laughs> uh, and for this church, Alan, for this church, let an anointing of debt cancellation boing hey! Let there be an anointing of debt cancellation on this church. And, 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 but you understand also wisdom. Wisdom, because most of your debt problems are because of lack of wisdom. <laughs> so may God give you wisdom. And may God give you people that are generous and that's so into this work. And I'm rambling again now, so forgive me. I never planned to say this, but, <laughs> but I want to thank you for uh, having me here these two days, bro. It's been, I almost feel guilty because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Brazil where they work you to death. <laughs> I got back to my hotel at 10.30 last night. I couldn't believe it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> In Brazil, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and then you're up again at 5. <laughs> but, well, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God, please help me now. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. May your children, and I'm not just talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking children. Children in the spirit. May they be influential. Now, we've got to understand that. That's very important, Alan, because when I was fundraising, when I was sober, you know, I was fundraising for projects like you're doing, right? Met the Queen, everybody from the top down. And um, one of the things that the Lord showed me was 
instead of running around trying to network, he would show me who was the influential yeah. one, who had the key yeah. to unlock, who could overrule somebody on a lower level that was denying you Im influence. Let your children, let the people that God brings in this place be influential. And I'm not talking about pie in the sky when I die, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about, oh, good feelings and rolling in there. I'm talking about something very practical, something down to earth, something that affects thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and there's no poverty in heaven. No poverty in heaven. God give you people of influence that can open doors and take you into places that you can't go yourself. Amen? Ding dong. Whoa. Okay. May you never be afraid of bad news. That's what it says here. Lord, I will not be afraid of bad news. Why is he saying that? He's saying that because his grounding, his faith is in God. Listen, listen. Listen. The Lord can take, the Lord can take things that have been dealt with you in a, in a worldly term. Let me put it this way, in a worldly term. If you've been if in a gambling term, not that I'm a gambler, but if you're given a set of bad cards, is that the right word? The Lord can take it and turn it to blessing. Let me put it in a religious way. If somebody's cursing you, if somebody's cursing you, God can take the curses and turn them to blessing. You want a scripture? It's in Romans. It says, all things work together for good. All things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. So there is the secret. Really, the secret really is to find out what is the purpose of God for your life. What is the purpose of God for your life? Uh, some people think the only, the only purpose is preaching from a pulpit. No, no. You could be a brilliant scientist like Marcus, a little bit crazy. But your calling is in the scientific realm. Yeah? Your calling's in, you wrote some wonderful songs, but your calling's in the scientific realm. That's what he put into your DNA. And you are fulfilled. You love doing it, I think, bro. Do you love doing it? Is it, is it your passion? God is your passion, but you're fulfilled. You're fulfilled when you're doing something God has called you to do. That's the secret of knowing what God has called you to do is, number one, it's easy. Why is it easy? Because it's a gift. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try and work it out. It's easy. It's your passion. You love doing it. An accountant loves numbers, loves working with numbers. You may not like working with numbers, but an accountant is gifted in that area and he loves doing it. The thing is, is to find out what God has called you to do, whether it is, and I hate to use this word, whether it's religious or secular. Because the anointing of God comes on secular, it becomes 
holy, and you do everything as unto the Lord. And you will be fulfilled. Now listen, listen. I'm saying things I'm hearing now, okay? This is not what I'm, I just feel like my tongue is just what God is giving me to say. Right on the spot. Listen, listen. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life in something that is not fulfilling you. Life is too short. Find out what the purpose of God is for you, and then everything will work together for good. Isn't that wonderful? And we have a wonderful God, isn't he? Supercalifragilistic, expialidocious, that he can take. I mean, even if you just do some gardening, if you do some gardening, somebody once said to me, somebody once said to me, bro, they said to me, hey, hey, they did not say hey, hey, they said hey, <laughs> they said job. I don't know what it is about you, but you can fall in dung and come up smelling roses. <laughs> that's a wonderful promise. But that's, that is a fact, even in the gardening realm. You know, roses love dung. So all the dung in your life, God can use. Don't complain about it. Don't moan about it. Oh, oh, nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I've seen. <laughs> no! Come on, come on, church. Come on. Come on. We were talking last night about sanitizing. We talk about a Joseph anointing. Remember a number of years ago, everybody was talking about Joseph anointing? Well, I read in this psalm, I think it was Psalm, somewhere around Psalm 104, it says this, that Joseph was taken into captivity and the shackles hurt his feet and the, is it a mankle around his neck? Yeah, in other words, Joseph went through a lot of pain, but out of the pain came something wonderful. And you need... And, Believe me, church, I haven't prepared this tonight, so it must be for somebody here. <laughs> yeah, it must be for somebody here. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Say with the psalmist, because it's important what you say. You prophesy over your life. I can't do this. I can't do that. You never will. It's important you watch the words that come out of your mouth. It's the words that will, will, will form your tomorrow. So you say with the psalmist, when bad news hits you, you say, I will not be afraid. Because my God, my God, my God works everything for good. For good, church. For good. Is it Jeremiah that says his plans for you? Plans to prosper. Is it Jeremiah? Is it Jeremiah? Not to harm you. But listen, listen. Read the context to that chapter, to that verse. The context to that verse is about, about going into bondage, going into 
into restriction. And what Jeremiah is saying to the children of Israel, you may be going into a season that seems unfruitful, but His plans for you is to bring you out into a fruitful place to do you good. I know we say, we use that term as well. We use that term, do you good, meaning also in the world it can be mean that they're going to do you over. <laughs> I'm going to rob you, you know, I'm going to do you good. No, no. God's word is He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to take the troubles and He's going to, oh, glory to God. He's going to turn them for shing Hey! For good! Oh, 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 these words are moving around on the page. <laughs> oh, and it's not this lecture. <laughs> oh, Lord, let's say it, let's say it, let's speak it out, let's speak it out together. Lord, I will not be afraid of bad news. Now be careful because you may be tested. <laughs> you know, this week before I came away, Alan, I, I, it, it happens so often, you know, before I go on a trip, stuff goes haywire, you know. I'd had a shower upstairs and I came down, I could hear this running water and Jean's watching, um, she's watching a program on TV in the other room, you know, and she can't hear it, you know. And I come down to the bottom of the stairs and there's water running through the hallway <laughs> like a river. <laughs> and the pipe had burst. Pipe had burst. All the carpets were ruined. So I spent, I couldn't call you Marcus because I spent most of the days, you know, running around to try and replace the carpet, to take the carpet up. And I called the insurance, but I found out the insurance ripped you off because they then say, well, there's an excess then, and then you pay back, you know, there's an excess that you have to pay on, on like, for me, it was 300 quid because it was a, a water-related. And then what they do is they up your policy and you pay it back, right? So I said to Jean, we won't claim on insurance. And then this week, the day before I came away, Jean's mom said, I would like to pay for the carpets. Isn't that wonderful? The same woman who, I don't want to say she doesn't believe in God, but uh, she's very cynical about church. When I brought the Brazilians over, what really blessed me was she wrote me three checks totaling 900 pounds for the Brazilians. She's 95. She's 95. God, God can take people and touch them right. and give, them, give you favor. Yeah, that's right. And he usually likes to do it so that you know without a shadow of doubt that it's coming from him. Yeah. Amen? So what I'm saying, church, what, what I'm trying to say is be open. Be open for God to bless you because we have such a history as a nation you know, and as a church, we're carrying so much baggage of to be poor is holy, yeah. humble. It's not. 
God is doing something in the earth and he wants to release finances. Oh, God, here we go again. Here we go again. Uh, you know when we take the offering, you know when we do, and I don't know whether you believe in tithing and stuff. Some people don't believe in tithing. It, it, 80% don't believe in tithing, I think. Not yeah. No, but a <laughs> lot, lot of places I go. And in the river, they don't believe in tithing. They say it's law, you know. But I'd done a study on it, and I found out that tithing, really, the tenth, it, it, it's law if you do it legalistically. You understand? You do it because you've got to do it. But if you get the revelation on it, right. the number Come 10, Come on. it's Come freedom. Yeah. It's releasing. God doesn't need your money. Amen. He doesn't need, yeah. doesn't need the money, bro. No. Uh, he's already wealthy. He's a tree. He's a tree. <laughs> he's a tree. <laughs> he doesn't need your money. But you need the reason why I, I believe in the tithing and the giving. And tithing is only the basis. Yeah. It's only the basis, bro. Yeah. But you see, it's to free you from the God of mammon. Yeah. You understand the God of mammon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I can't do this because of money. I can't do that because of money. You're really worshipping money because you're saying money won't let you do something. But when you bring your tithe and you bring it to God, you bring it to God first of all. And, and Alan and the elders here, are, res are responsible to God. You're not responsible how they spend it. Yeah. They're responsible to God. You're responsible to bring your, your offering and your tithe to the Lord, and it will free you. It will free you from the God of mammon, because really what we're talking about, now yet again, I don't mean to get onto this subject, but I'm on this subject. <laughs> it's, it's really called stewardship. It's really called being a good steward because God wants to begin to release finances and He can't trust you if you... Like, I, I've, I've met some millionaires, bro, and the money owns them. Some of the, some of the best offerings have come from people who don't have it. Yeah, you understand? And the millionaires usually get up and walk out when the offering comes because the money owns them. But God's looking for a people that are going to be faithful. And it's being faithful in the small things. That God can entrust you with the big things. Right? It's very practical, isn't it? It's very, very down to earth. When I was fundraising, and I raised in a year when I was sober. <laughs> I raised in a year in a church that was 90% unemployed. I raised a million in a year. I had people coming to me asking, you know, how much do you want? Have you ever had that? Have you ever had anybody ask you how much you want? Always double it, treble what you're thinking. Because <laughs> I'm trying to find out how much have they got to give, you know what I mean? But, and, and that's how I, that's, and I realized, that I, but one of the things, when we were presented to Prince Charles, we got this award, right, and uh, he gives us this plaque, and he gives me an envelope, and in it's 2,000 pounds, a check for 2,000, and I said to the Lord, isn't this tight? The richest man in the country, 
and he only gave me two. You may think that's being ungrateful. No, I had checks of 50,000, 25,000, and I was, wanting, I was wanting from God. Do you understand? I wasn't settling for less, but I said, God, this man's tight. He's only giving me 2,000 pounds. And the Lord said, John, he's giving you his name. Meaning, when I was fundraising, one of the things they asked you, Alan, is how much have you given? They want to know, what's your investment in it? And who has given to you? So when I said Prince Charles has given to me, the first thing in his head was, we don't need to vet you. You understand? If Prince Charles has put his name to your project and given you a check, then they will have researched you. They would have, you know, gone through all the ding-dongs. So it's important. It's important because I really believe part of this move of God is a release of finance. I, I really believe that with all of my heart. I was in, uh, are you all right? Are you, you still sure. with me? Um, I w Gene and I went to New Mexico. Uh, it was hot, bro. <laughs> it was a six-hour drive. And we went to New Mexico. We went to a little place called, um, oh, boy, it means gateway uh, in Spanish. I can't remember the name of the place. But we went to this place. And it's, it's one of those towns that if you blink, you pass through it. And there was only two restaurants. And Americans like to eat out. They eat out all the time, right? So there's only two restaurants. And we'd already been to Steakhouse twice, you know. <laughs> and so now they're asking, where do we want to go? And the only place to go was the Italian restaurant. So we went to this Italian restaurant. And isn't it strange that God can move in the gifts of the Spirit outside of a meeting? You understand? It can move in the secular. You don't have to be in a meeting to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And nine out of ten for me, I don't even know I'm moving in it. You know, it's not till later on. But I go into this Italian restaurant, and right along one wall is a bar with bottles of wine. And the waiter is pouring out four glasses of wine for the table behind. And I was with people that were teetotal, you know, because some of the Americans are teetotal, right? So he comes to us, and I hear the Lord say, ask him for the cork out the bottle of the wine that he's just poured. Now, in the natural, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> if the guy is asking you, what do you want to drink? And you turn to him and say, can I have the cork? But you understand, there's something about when God speaks to you, because that's how faith comes. When God speaks to you, it quickens you, and it takes you, it motivates you, it energizes you, and takes you. And so I said to the guy, can I have the cork out of the bottle? And he said, no. But he said, I have hundreds of corks in the back. And he brought one out. He brought a box out, and I picked a cork out. I, I shared this in Brazil. Now, I, I didn't know why. I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't understand why I've got to get the cork. All I knew is God said, get the cork, right? So I've got the cork, and I'm in the evening meeting, and the Lord says, 
I want you to uncork my people. So I'm going along the line, and I'm making the noise of a cork coming out the bottle. And a guy in the congregation, this is what I love about it, because I don't even get the interpretation myself. Somebody else gives me the interpretation. A guy, a guy in, in the meeting afterwards says to me, do you realize what's on that cork? And it was, um, oh, what was her name? Saint, was it Saint Catherine? I think it was Saint Catherine, I'm not sure, but it was a saint from Saint Francis, 1500s. 1400s. And she was a wealthy lady who sold everything to follow St. Francis. Right? So I'm uncorking. And I looked it up. I looked a bit like the shoe with the anchor. And, yeah. Right? And the Lord said to me, my people have been corked. You understand? With a philosophy with a teaching that to be poor is holy. And I want you to uncork them. Hello? I'm not talking about worshipping money. I'm talking about, I'm talking about loving the kingdom. I'm talking about having more than enough so that when a need arises, you can have the blessing to release the finance, to send somebody on missions that can't afford to go, to help a, an orphanage. And I, I never forget, in Michigan, in Michigan, I was coming back after a meeting, and it was a retired guy, well-to-do, his house paid for, lovely car, and we pull in the garage and he says to me, John, I don't want any more. I'm satisfied. And I said to him, shame on you. Shame on you that you have leveled and you don't want more. I want more so that I can bless, so that I can overflow. You see, that's the issue. The issue is whether you worship mammon on whether you worship God, and if you worship God, now listen, listen, church, because I'm saying stuff I haven't planned to say tonight. I, I'm saying stuff that's coming into my head, right? Yes, Think about it. This is, this is what we call winology, right? Meaning when you're drunk, you think over things that you normally don't think about, right? But when a baby is born, one of the things my, I asked my wife was when we got our new grandson yesterday, was who does he look like? Does he look like the father or the mother, right? Now let me ask you something. If we are children of God, who should we look like? Hello. We should look like our heavenly father, right? Our heavenly father is not miserable. Our heavenly father is not scrounging. We are children of a God that owns everything on this earth. Not only owns everything, creates it. We are a God that's so generous that even the satellites are 
re- even the, what, what do they call them? The, not the scientists, but you know the guys that look through it, you know, and yeah. as, not the astronauts, the astronomer, ha, ha, ha. Not the astronomer, <laughs> You know that satellite that was on TV a few weeks ago and it said it's coming to the end of its life and they said it's sending back pictures of galaxies that are still being created. Hello? That's our God. That's our God that took Abraham out and said to him, if you can number the stars. Hello? That's our God that blessed Abraham so much that his cattle multiplied that blessed Lot, who should never have been with Abraham. Blessed them so that the cattle multiplied that they had to separate and go their different ways because the land could not contain. That's, that's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. You know the gold dust? You know, oh, wonderful gold dust. Everybody loves the gold dust. But I say, God, give me gold bricks. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with the dust. I picture meetings with people going in with tin hats. <laughs> with praise the Lord on the hat. And they're wearing tin hats because bricks are falling from heaven and they can take the bricks to the bank. That's what I want. Hello? I don't want fantasy. I don't want something that's not going to affect our culture and our situation. I didn't bring any of my toys. Uh, We're in Australia. Gene likes charity shops, you know. Maybe we are talking about prosperity, you know. Gene, you've got to get into the year 2015. It's not 1971. <laughs> but, but she likes doing that. She likes doing There's nothing wrong in that, right? So you know what you do when you're waiting for your wife that's shopping, you know. I'd, I'd, I look at the books, you know, and uh, on the trinket store was a cow, and he was sitting in a barrel. <laughs> it was a milk barrel, but it looked like a wine barrel, and he's sitting in the barrel with his legs dangling over, right? And he was two dollars, so I bought him, you know. <laughs> but it was a prophetic toy. You understand? Because I was reading this story about Abraham, and I was reading Galatians that says that we are children of Abraham. Those that are of faith are children of Abraham and children of the inheritance, right? So I'm thinking, Lord, if I'm a child of Abraham, then I want the same fruit. But the problem is, my back garden isn't big enough for the cows. (laughs) You know, he multiplied his cattle, so I'm thinking, well, I can't really fit the cattle in this small area. So the Lord says, I'm giving you a cow, John, (laughs) but it's a cash cow. Cash cow, business term. You know what a cash cow is? It's a business term. It's it's a part of a business that uh, generates most of the money with very little outlay. In other words, you buy a cow, it eats grass, it provides you milk. And the Lord says, John, 
I want to give my people cash cows. In other words, let me put it another way. I want to give my people ideas to generate. Because our God is a creative God. Okay? Now listen, listen. Romans 11 says that we are grafted in. Uh, we Gentiles were grafted into the olive Is it the olive tree? I think it's the olive tree. And we were wild. We, didn't, we weren't people of covenant. But God grafted us in and we drink from the root. Right? In other words, you don't, you know, we're the branch. And the secret is, is just to abide in Him and let His life flow through you, right? Now, I want to read something to you. If I just bear with me, because I never planned to read this tonight. <laughs> and I've got to find it in my library. <laughs> uh, oh, God, isn't this wonderful? You can have everything on here. I've got my whole bookcase on here. Um, my son said to me, uh, uh, John Mark, he said, Dad, there's a book you, you need to read. It's called The Money Code. I don't think it's, it wasn't a spiritual book, was it, John, in a sense? Of, it was talking about the Jew, Jewish mentality. It was talking about Jewish culture and how Jews look on themselves as being creative. In other words, rather than work for somebody, they'd sooner create a company and provide work for others. Listen, listen. You are grafted in to that Jewish olive tree, and the benefits and the promises to Abraham are ours. Right? Now, I was shocked when I read this book. Let me just see if I can find it. Where are you? Where are you, Kindle? Come on, come on, Kindle. Help me now. Help me. Please. <laughs> Ding dong. Audio travel. I've got so many apps on here, bro. Ah. <laughs> oh. Let me find it. Let me find it. I was shocked because it gave a list of Jewish companies. Just see if you can find that, John. It's under. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, hang on. I've got it. I've got it. Books. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> no, I haven't got it. <laughs> oh, please, Lord. Help me, please. Help me. Help me. Oh. I'm looking for I'm looking for John. I'm looking for I'm looking for Kindle. Find me. <laughs> find me the Kindle. Uh, it's disorganized. I know, bro. <laughs> I told him. I told him, Alan. I think he missed his calling. You know, he's always preaching at me. He says, I'm going to sort your wardrobe out. <laughs> Let me have another look for it, John. I'll look for it while you do. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a grouping. It's in one of those groupings. It could be in reference. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean about being organized? But, uh, but I was shocked. I was shocked because, and I want to, read, I want to try and find this because I want to read the list to you. One of them is um, one of them's Facebook. 
Jewish-owned. Starbucks, Jewish-owned. New York Times, Jewish-owned. No, let me have a look, John. Let me have a look, because I think I can find it. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, help us here. Help us. Please, Lord, help us. Help us, because I want to finish on this, if I can find it. Oh, accounts, photograph, <laughs> online store, travel. <laughs> uh, Linda.com, Udemy. <laughs> Everyone but the one. <laughs> oh, books. Should be in books. Bible. No, it's not in there. <laughs> oh. Oh. When I was younger, oh, much younger than today, never needed anybody's help in any way. Found it. Oh, now I've got to find the book in Kindle. <laughs> oh, 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 no, I've got it. Right to it. Right to it. Okay. Okay. I want to close with this. Seamless. <laughs> you see, now, if you do, before you put these pods out there, you should edit them. You could edit that out. Yeah. We, yeah. we won't. No, you won't. I know you won't. Listen to this, listen to this. Now, remember Romans 11, Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. We are Jewish in culture, not Greek. You understand? Jesus was a Jew. We sang his name tonight, Yeshua. I love that. That's his name. We should really sing his name, you know. His name isn't Jesus, his name's Yeshua. Many Jews own some of the world's largest and most successful companies. Some examples of Jewish-owned or founded companies include the following. Google, Jewish. Facebook, Jewish. Wikipedia, Jewish. eBay, Jewish. Oracle Corporation, Jewish. Microsoft, Jewish. Dell, Jewish, Goldman Sachs, Jewish, New York Times, Jewish, Calvin Klein, Jewish, Polo Ralph Lauren, Jewish, Levi Strauss, Jewish, shing, 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 boing, hey! (laughs) Starbucks coffee, Jewish, Columbia Pictures, Jewish, 20th Century Fox, Jewish, Disney, Jewish, Paramount, Jewish, Warner Brothers, Jewish, Viacom, Jewish, Miramax, Jewish! Oh, where am I? Oh. Warner Brothers, Jewish, Viacom, Jewish, Miramax, Jewish, DreamWorks, Jewish, CBS, Jewish, Universal Pictures, Jewish, Fox Film Corporation, Jewish, Vivid Entertainment, Jewish, 
HBO Jewish. Biggest companies. And some of them don't even believe in God. But because of the covenant made with Abraham, God said, I'll bless your seed and I'll make you a blessing. Listen, listen. You cannot bless what you haven't. You understand? You've got to have something. It's more than just giving a person the four points. You have to be carrying something, right? When my dad got saved, after my mother left him, after 12 children and 34 years of marriage, she walked out. And he was a broken man, and I took him to a meeting, and I gave an altar call, and he stood at the front, and I asked him, I said, Dad, what do you want? I'd given an altar call. Been praying for him for years. Dad, what do you want? And he said these words I'll never forget. He said, John, I want what you've got. That's the problem at the moment. The world don't want what the church has got because their concept of the church, and rightly so, you cannot blame the devil or the world, but because their concept of the church is kill joy. Kill joy, kill creativity, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. And the people look like they've been sucking on lemons. That's the truth. That's the truth. You look at some of the... Oh, God, oh, God, it's the last night. So, oh, God, it's the last night. But I, I remember, do you know Gerald Coates? Do you know Gerald Coates? In 94, he got up on the platform and he said these words. He said, Christian TV makes me want to sin. In other words, he got angry at some of the stuff and he throws a shoe. But I look at some of the programs. You watch, you watch, you get your eyes open and you look. You look when the camera pans in on the congregation. Some are sleeping. <laughs> and others are looking miserable. Miserable. No joy. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Please, I'm not being critical. I'm trying to tell you something. It's got to change. It's got to change. What we have has to be infectious. You understand? As one, 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 ding, 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 one Swedish pastor, American, uh, one American pastor married to a Swede in those early years of Toronto, and he was pastoring in Liverpool, and he was going back home to Sweden, and I went with him on the boat, and we laughed, not him, but <laughs> I and somebody else laughed, and he said, I don't want to catch the disease <laughs> you've got. And that's the way most of the church look at it. Oh, this craziness. Why aren't you crying? What's wrong? What's wrong with this concept that people have a problem with joy? Yeah. What's wrong? 
There's something wrong. That's wonderful about here. Uh, and I don't want to build you up, Alan. You know what I mean? I, you don't, want anyone, <laughs> don't want your head I mean, swelling, bro. Now, I don't you? better not start now, bro. That's yeah. why I have to put you with Hilton and yeah. snores all night. You know, <laughs> keep, keep you humble. humble. <laughs> yeah. But I sat here the first night, Alan. <laughs> There's a book out called So You Don't Want to Go to Church Anymore. I forget the guy's name, but that's the title. And, and it's the story of, uh, it's a, I think it's a fiction story, but it's true. Do you know what I mean? And the pastor, this young pastor is telling his story of how he's fired from a church because he won't tell a lie to cover the pastor, you know, and how he's, all this stuff that's going on, and it's going on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just lost it. I was. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm back up. <laughs> the point. Okay. The point I'm trying to. The point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make, Alan. No. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make, right? I. I I, I go, uh, don't put this out on. The, edit this part out, okay. Cut, later. Cut this later, okay. I go to a lot of places, right? Yeah. Uh, 